Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. How it's meant to be. And I want to encourage you this morning and remind you, hey, I know a lot of families, especially in modern day America and the modern day world, a lot of families aren't like this. What I'm going to talk about today, he said, man, I learned things, but I didn't learn good things for my family, or dad wasn't there, or mom wasn't there, or it was abusive. This is not to, to, to reopen old wounds. This is to encourage you that, praise God, the family of God is this way. And I know families are flawed. I know that. My parents did their best, and they did well. But man, they were godly, and I know that we made mistakes as a family. I made mistakes. My parents did, but we came from a great home. And I know other homes, there wasn't a mom and dad there. This isn't to bother you this morning. This is to encourage you because, praise God, you are here on a Sunday morning as part of the family of God. Now, families are interesting. Families are great. Sometimes some of you are like, man, no, families are awful. But, hey, I'm going to tell you this right now. God's design was for families to be great. You know, Satan didn't, didn't mess with Adam. Did you ever notice that? He never messed with Adam until God created the family. As soon as God had created the family, Satan showed up in the form of a serpent, a, a serpent that could talk. That's fascinating, but that's a story for another day. And started to bother the woman. The woman is important in the family. But so is the man. And the enemy ignored, it looks like for all intents and purposes that the enemy, Satan himself, ignored Adam until the woman came along, until there was a family. He saw danger. He's like, what? this guy, he's friends with God. I hate him. I'm jealous of him, but he's all alone. All of a sudden, a woman came, and Satan got nervous. He said, there's something here. This must be the family. There's something powerful that can happen here. There's unity. Even the enemy knew. He was smart enough and clever enough to know that one person is one thing, but the power of one is great, but man, the power of two, there's nothing like unity. All of a sudden, God created for Adam the love of his life. Adam said, my goodness, there she is in all of her feminine glory. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, welcome. You're going to be my love, hello. And then the devil attacked the family through her. Tried to destroy the family right off. And he's been doing it ever since. In the United States of America, I believe it was June of 1962, they took prayer out of schools. And ever since then, folks have been struggling and, and fighting to put the American family back together. It seems like that was one of the, the death blows or one of the attempted death blows of the enemy to destroy the American family. And America's important. I believe it was in the late 1800s that the United States of America moved beyond England as the biggest manufacturer of goods and producer of goods in the world. Even in the late 1800s, the United States of America was producing 30% of the marketable goods in the entire world. The enemy said, ah, America's blessed because America is good. See, a man of God had said that. He said, America's great because America's good. If America ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And Satan said, I have a plan for the family like I always have. I'm going to destroy the family in America. And he began to attack the family. And today, the enemy attacks the family through pornography and lies and deception and dividing husbands and wives and causing kids to run away and there's sex trafficking now and all this other stuff. You say, man, what are we going to do? Well, praise God. God can restore your family and he can also introduce you to his family. 
the family is so important. So very important. I remember growing up, and you know, you just do things that irritate your parents, and you never forget. There's certain things that I remember exactly who taught me, and there's certain things that I do not remember. But I remember in the 80s, I fell in love with rap music. And I remember I started beatboxing and doing stuff. I'm not going to do that for you right now. But I started walking through the house going, mm, 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 or, or just quoting some lyrics. I was always into gospel rap, even though it wasn't very good at that time. But I, I fell in love with rap music. I remember one time Dad looked at me and was like, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but don't do that. <laughs> so I walked through the house going, he's like, hey, stop that, man. That's weird. And you learn. Sometimes you say, man, I didn't learn socially acceptable behavior. Well, most families will do their best, even at their worst, to teach you some socially acceptable behavior. Say, hey, 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 we don't do that in public. Like one lady said in a book I was reading, she, she told a guy, she said, thank God you're not a nose picker. Because she had a secret camera in her office. She said, you're not a nose picker. You know, your parents tell you and they teach you, hey, don't do that. Go to the restroom and go do that. And don't blow your nose like that out here. And... And don't be doing that. That's crazy. Don't do that. And I remember there were things that I would do that would irritate my mom. Mom was an amazing woman, but I was, I was always a little too loud. And it was exciting to me because all my life she's like, turn down your volume, babe. But then the first time I preached, she's like, hey, man, preach it, you know, and I'm screaming my head off. But hey, it's, there's a time and a place mom and dad taught me for everything, right? There's good things that you learn. My dad taught me how to play chess. I was 10 years of age, and he taught me how to play chess. And now he doesn't want to play me anymore because he's not as practiced as me. I'm not saying he's not as good as me. But now he won't play me, I guess because I take too long. But man, dad was merciless. He would teach me something, and he would whip the fire out of me in it. In chess, he'd be beating me, he'd take his queen out early, and he'd beat me. Some of you are like, I don't know what chess is. I don't know much about that. But dad would just beat me and beat me in chess, and we'd play basketball, and he'd beat me and beat me. And finally, I got into my late teens, and I said, I'm, he can't beat me anymore, man. I could jump and all this stuff. But dad was merciless. He'd teach me. And I think once in a while in basketball, he'd let me win, and I'd never know. He would ne he'd never admit it. But he taught me some stuff, and he taught me to excel and achieve and to compete wisely and to honor God and to be good to people. I remember one time I walked through a room full of adults at our house on South Selman. We grew up on the south side. And I walked through and didn't say a word. And later on, Dad said, hey, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? He said, you walked through and didn't say anything. He said, greet the people. Yes, sir. I'll never forget that lesson. He said, you say hi to the people. And another time, this is going to really, some of y'all, I'm just making sure you're awake. Another time, Around this same time that dad was giving me life, le life lessons, we had a, a living room full of people, right? And the restroom was right there because everything was right there in the hall. The house was tiny. Well, guess what? I, I went to the restroom and forgot to close the door. Dad goes, hey, this is one of his favorite things. Dad said, hey, and he doesn't, I know he doesn't remember this. He said, hey, Matthew. What's wrong with you? I went, what do you mean? He said, we had guests in the living room, and you went to the restroom with the door open. 
I never did that again. You know, you learn things in life. You say, man, my family wasn't perfect. But you know what? I think it, you say, man, my family wasn't perfect, but grandma gave me some light. She told me about Jesus. My family wasn't perfect, and mom gave me some light. Dad did his best. He struggled with generational curses. They didn't know anything about the Word. They didn't read the Bible, but they feared God. So-and-so was an alcoholic, but, man, they tried to give me a little bit of light, and sometimes we try to take that light. That's the little bit of light that our family gave us. But, man, praise God, they gave you a little bit of light. And some say, man, I didn't get any light from my family, but there was an extended relative, a cousin or an aunt or an uncle that said, hey, do you know Jesus? And it's usually grandma, isn't it, or grandpa said, you come with me to church. You come with me, and I'm going to give you some light. Family makes up society and countries and churches. The whole world consists of families, and Satan hates the family, hates your family. Don't you give up on your family. Don't. And you say, man, I was brought up rough. Well, now you need to focus on the current family that you're raising and you're bringing up. Let's get past that. Let's move past the regret. Let's move on. Let's focus on now. Let's do something for now. You say, man, yeah, but, yeah, but. Hey, you're 18 or you're out of the house. You got a family, whatever's going on. Or you just moved out the house. and you, you Stop blaming mom and dad. It's over. It's time to take care of what's going on now with your current family. I don't know who that is for this morning. It sure got quiet in here. I love you. I'm with you. How many of you know I love you? I've had to do some of this too. Get in your late teens, early 20s, and say, yeah, but this and that. No. And I came from a great family, but we tend, we tend to blame, say, yeah, but you know this. Is, hey, come on, man. Move on. It's between you and God now. God is a personal God. He is your God. You are his child once you've accepted Jesus. So move on. And let me talk to you about what God's family is, what your family should be, the current family you're dealing with now. You say, mine was not like that. Well, hey, here it is. It can be like this. Why? Because number one, the family is God's creative masterpiece. After he created Adam, we do not know how long later he created the family. It was in God's plan all along. I guarantee it. It was in God's plan all along. He's a God of plan and purpose and design. He said it is, it's not good that man should be alone. But hey, it's not good that a woman should be alone if she doesn't have to be, right? It's not good that kiddos be alone. But God said in this context, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create someone to help him. What does that mean? Folks get real frustrated about Scripture. Say, man, I am a woman. I can do, hey, I know, I know. Women can do just, to, just about anything that a man can. Scripture talks about it. I think the only thing I can do more than most women is push-ups. All right? Man push-ups. Beyond that, women can build stuff and tear stuff down and raise a family and cook dinner and answer the phone and send a text message and pray in the Spirit and spank a kid and empty out the refrigerator and mop the floor and get the roof taken care of. And I've seen women mowing the lawn and they're cleaning off dirty dogs and they're doing it all at the same time. I've seen moms. They're amazing. Women are amazing. Get that dog out of this house and close the door. You're letting flies in and I'll be right with you. Hold on. And they're, they're cooking in there and they're praying and the refrigerator door is open and closing. Hey, shut up. They go, sit down. And you come here. Get the dog out of here. I already told you. Turn the TV down. Turn that up. Come here. Grab that out of the cabinet for me. Is the lawn mowed and they're paying a guy at the door and they're on the phone. The lawn's mowed. Thank you. Get out. 
close the door. I've seen them. And the man gets home from work and goes, man, it's been a tough day. And the wife goes like this. Let me, let me look so everybody can see me with the look on a woman's face like this. Oh, man, it was hot out there. And she's like, she's like, it was hot in here over the stove and over everything. And I know not every woman is, is staying at the house to raise kids and stuff. But, hey, even the modern woman is powerful. They raise kids and work and outside of the home. But, hey, there's plenty of work at the house, right, ladies? I remember taking applications for folks in finance companies, and they say, oh, I don't work. I, I stay at home. I'm like, how many kids do you have? Three. You don't, you don't work at home. You don't work. You stay. And she's like, you know what I mean. I'm all, no. Say, you work. You work. You call it a housewife, call it whatever, your mom at the house, and you're, you're managing things, man, and the budget and everything else. But the home is God's creative masterpiece. All started off with a man and a woman. Let's go to Genesis 127 and say, why is the home so important? Well, because the home is made up of God created human beings in his own image. He, the home is made up of people created in his own image. That's you and that's me. In the image of God, he created them. This is powerful. Male and female, he created them. Wow, that's powerful. So God created us as male and female. Take that wherever you want to take that. To the bank and cash it if you want. Male and female, he created them. So we're valuable already, and he placed us in a valuable institution. And the home was created long before the church. Do you agree? The home is God's creative masterpiece was a place that God had created for us to live together, serve God together, grow together, laugh together, strain together, get stressed out together sometimes. That's not his perfect plan, but you know, relaxing together, learning, forgiving, hoping, believing, eating. How many of y'all eat together as a family, right? Talking. God's first institution and his Second major institution, the church, is modeled after the family that he created first. The two greatest institutions. Wow. God created Adam and Eve, and then the kids started to follow, and he created his world for family. And he created his family for this world. So don't forget, you say, man, it's God's creative masterpiece, but it's made up of flawed people. I know, do your best. You love and forgive and you work it out in the family. we got to struggle together sometimes, don't we? It's like wrestling in the spirit and wrestling in the physical and wrestling in every other which way too. Say, man, come to church. Come on. And, and there, there's disagreements. But man, keep it up. Hang in there. Keep loving each other. It's God's creative masterpiece. The family. Look at point two here. I believe the family, just like the family of God, Reveals God's character. It reveals God's character. How? Well, you can see how Christ loved the church in a decent home or good home where the husband loves his wife. And man, we have a good home. My wife and I have a great marriage, but it's not always perfect. I don't do everything right all the time, but we do our best and we love each other. And it's such a good example of man. 
We can be happy and we can live our lives together, but man, sometimes there's a struggle. Why? Because there's two minds that have tried, they're try working to be one here. Two souls working to be one, two becoming one. So can you imagine, Christ loves the church and he has his will for us and we're, we're struggling sometimes in the church and with each other, but he has his will and he never gives up and he's relentless and he's stable and he's consistent and he always loves us. And then you get to see God's character revealed in parenting, in decent parenting. Man, you spank them kids sometimes. You revoke privileges sometimes. My dad had a word that I hated, and I don't know why I hated it. It sounded so technical. He said, you're on restriction. <laughs> restriction. I remember one time, I was at church on a Sunday night. I had a guest. His name was Jesse. He was a moron. But I love him. I see him around sometimes. But he never looks at me. He's always looking at my wife. He's like busy looking at my wife. I'm like, man, you bonehead. But anyway, we went to sixth grade together. I brought him to church. During prayer, we were goofing off. I'll never forget what I did. We were doing something else. <laughs> during prayer at church, a little church, and we were doing something with our feet or something stupid during the prayer. Well, one lady who was a big tattletale at church, <clears throat> amazing, she tells dad, and I was goofing off, okay? But this lady, I will not give you her name, but she told dad, said they, were, they had their eyes open during prayer. Does that, does that odd to you? Did anybody catch that? They had their eyes open during prayer and they were goofing off. Is anybody with me? Are you hearing me? They had their eyes open during prayer. I guess God spoke to her while her eyes were closed. <laughs> Gave her a word of knowledge and said, Matthew and his friend Jesse right now are near you. And God, this was so important. God told her, I think, and he said, their eyes are open. And without opening your eyes, I'm showing you so that you will not open your eyes and be part of their sin. But their eyes are open, and they're doing this. Whatever stupid, I don't know why I remember that. It's so stupid. Well, I got in trouble because it was a distraction. And Dad knew how I was, and I was an instigator. I always have been. I start stuff. I mess people, I jerk, I've jerked their chain a little bit lovingly. I've gotten better over the years, but I mess with people. I poke at people, I mess around, and I'm an instigator. Well, I got, I'll never forget, man, I, got, I was placed on restriction. But I saw God's character in that. There's consequences. There's consequences. And I remember telling mom and dad, I'm like, how did she see us? I think dad gave me a really wise answer because when he didn't want to deal with something, he'd say, hey, I don't know, but were y'all messing around? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, you, 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 and I think dad even said, hey, man, man, she's weird or something. I don't know. <laughs> she was always in everybody's business, crazy lady. Always. And she was out to get me, you know. But anyway, the pastor's kids, oh, they're not, they're not doing right. The pastor's kids. But anyway, y'all better not be messing with Camila. <laughs> Their parents are all, her parents are all sweet and stuff, but her uncle, man, I don't know, I might be protective. I'm already protective about her. Yeah, did you see Camila? I'm like, did you see Camila? <laughs> don't mess with her. You leave her to me. Her dad's not around right now. I, I'll take care of her and 
Her mom's got her. She's fine, right? I'm not going to get in balance with that, but I feel protective. I was raised as a pastor's kid. But I saw God in this. I saw God's character. Why? Because there were consequences. And the consequences were, and I was in sixth grade, so the phone was important. We had a rotary. Do you guys remember the rotary phone? Some of you are like, yeah. I'm like, how do you know that, Junior? And I remember you could be fast. You could be a pro, and you'd go and then speed it up to make the dialing faster. You'd go, y'all remember that? Make it faster. Well, I remember that week. Dad said, no phone. I'm like, man, there's some people from class. I really need to be in contact this week. We're doing some stuff. And no, no phone. And you will get to, I'll never forget this. Mom, they were merciful. They said, you can't play with any kids. And I was like, oh, it's like solitary confinement. I had a brother and sister, but I was like, I want to be out, man. I got to hit the block here. I got to be out, man. I got people waiting on me. We're doing stuff. We're basketball, different things. We're talking. We're politicking. You know, we're, we're networking. They said, no, you're not going to do any of that. You're going to come home. You're going to start on your you're going to start on your homework, and you're going to do dishes. I hated dishes. Some of you are going, uh-huh. I hated dishes. Now they're therapeutic, and I take forever to do them. Ask my wife. They're therapeutic now. I'm just like <laughs> praying, thinking, moving slow, inefficiently, just taking forever. But at the time, I hated them, so what a great punishment. And mom and dad, in their mercy, though, they said, look, you'll get 30 minutes to ride up and down the street on your bike if you want. What? Yeah, but you can't stop and hang out with people. You can just talk to them as you drive by. <clears throat> my hands, by default, just now went to my hips. Dad, I don't remember if, you, if it was you or Mom, but y'all put yourselves together in that one. Y'all came up with a good plan, man. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for good parents. <clears throat> Did it stop me from goofing off in church? What do you think? Maybe for a while, I got in trouble too. And dad, dad was notorious. He'd be preaching and he would, oh, and I hated this. But I couldn't help myself because I'd be next to people and we'd have to talk about stuff. During church sometimes, and dad's like, he'd be preaching and go, Sister Rose remembers, I'm sure it happened in high school and after, hey, you guys, hey, you guys shut up. Or, you know, right during while he's preaching. Can you imagine? You know how embarrassing that is? But I'd set myself up for that. He said, hey, hey. God's character, though. He was never afraid to speak the truth to me like that, even in public. Like, oh, I started and I did this. Parenting, marriage should reveal God's character. Love between a husband and wife, the ups and downs of raising kids, patience in daily life with those kids and each other. Mm. Honor, forgiveness, love. Communication, we're going to get into that more in this series, communication. And God has always said throughout Scripture, have you noticed after his people left him or pushed him away, God has always said, come back to me. You familiar with those quotes? Come back to me. Come to me, I love you, I miss you. Come back to me, your creator. Come back to your first love. Though your sins are red as scarlet, they're bloody red. They're, they're so, your sins are so sinful. Come back to me, I'll make them white as snow. And I, I've always seen that with my parents. It was like, come back to me. Come back. 
Come back. You see that in the story of the prodigal, prodigal son, a good dad. Come back. And y'all are like that as parents. No, come back to me. You, they made a mistake. You spanked them, whatever. They were grounded. They were restricted, right? Come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. And I remember that week. It took forever. It felt like a month. Mom, I don't want to ride my bike up and down the street. Mom, she said, then don't. So what are my options? Stay here. My parents are so smart, man. So smart. I, I couldn't get through everything today, and I'm not going to attempt to, that I had prepared. I think we're going we're gonna to look into this for next week and see how God leads us. <laughs> I know I learned a lot in my family. I know not every family was like mine. I know some, maybe there were some that had more advantages, some that had more disadvantages, but I know this. The family you're in right now you can cause the light of Jesus to shine in that family. Uh -huh. You can cause the light of Jesus to shine in that family. And that, dear friends, brothers and sisters, that is how it's meant to be. To let the light of Jesus shine through your family. And sometimes, I know, we're a filter, right? So the light of Jesus shines through us and it's not always as perfect as it should be, but man, we can achieve, we can reach out, we can love God with all our hearts. We can work with each other, man. Work with each other, like work with me here, right? Come on, you got to work with me, man. I've seen parents working, working with those kiddos, trying to reason with a two-year-old. You ever seen that? You can't reason with a two-year-old. I don't have kids yet. We want children. We're believing God. But man, you cannot reason with a two-year-old, can you? They're like, no. No, they don't get it. They're smart enough to just not get it yet. Little people, little independent people, trying to do their thing, going, no. And a parent just struggling, working with them. All right, I'm, all right, I'm going to spank you then. What? No. You know, whatever. Let's get out of here then. And don't be beating your kids in the supermarket, stuff like that. But, you know, be wise. Be wise. Ask yourself, like they, they did in the early 2000s, what would Jesus do, right? <laughs> Ask yourself. Because, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I know family's not easy. You can love God and serve God, but man, family, you irritate each other. But you got to work it out. Keep working it out. And the same goes <clears throat> with the family of God. Can you imagine I got mad and said, I'm leaving God's family? Oh, man, I'm so upset. I'm just done with the family of God. No, you got to work it out, man. Scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I'm going to tell you right now, amongst families, sometimes there is fear and trembling. But we learned a lot, man. We learned a lot. A lot more than just learning to tie my shoelaces. Learned to wash dishes. I learned to not wash dishes with a dirty rag. You know, a stinky, nasty rag. It's been in there and it smells like rot. Remember one time dad got so mad. I got a rag and I knew it and he knows that I knew it. It made him so mad. I got a rag and it smelled like the, I don't know what. Y'all know what I'm talking about in the kitchen. Those rags become rotten after a few days or something and they're not dried properly it just stinks i can't even express what it smells like but i got it i'll never forget i got it and i just i started cleaning hey dad said clean the kitchen up with it. i got the rag and did it he walked in there he's like why does it smell terrible in here
He's like, did you use a dirty rag to clean the whole kitchen? And that's how he'd say it. Did you use a dirty rag to clean the whole kitchen? Like he can't believe it. And by then you don't have any excuses. Yeah, um, but I didn't, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know it was. It smelled to high heaven, man. God and his angels are going, that, don't use the rag. Don't use a rag. Don't do it. It stinks. We smell it up here. It's terrible. <laughs> but I did. And did I do that? No. Once in a while, though, I'll have something stinky, and I'm, or I'll leave it. And, and Jen's like, baby, this thing. And I'm like, I know, I know. We'll get another. Let's throw that sponge away. We got another one. We bought bulk from Sam's, right? In the family, and in this family of God, you can learn God's character. He begins to reveal it. You struggle together, but you love each other. You work it out. You see that it's God's creative masterpiece for mankind, the family at home and the family at church, the family of God. And you start to see God's amazing character. You see God as love. You see God as light, and in him there is no shadow of darkness or shadow of turning. And I know we don't always do the best we can in families, but hey, we can do better starting today. We can do better starting today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Go right ahead, right where you are. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anybody in this house that the sound of my voice says, man, I need to know more about God's character, but I, have, I, I need to accept Jesus. I have never accepted Jesus before. If that is you today, you say, man, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand today and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you and you can make Jesus your Lord. Because he's our Savior, we know that, but your Lord is the one you follow. Your Lord is the one you emulate. Your Lord is the one you love and want to be like. Your Lord is the one you obey. Is there anybody in this house that says, I want to make Jesus my Lord? Go ahead and raise your hand, if you would, please. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Thank you. Let's pray together. I want everybody in the house to repeat after me today. Say, Heavenly Father, I acknowledge my need for you. I believe in Jesus. He's my Savior and the Savior of the world, but He is my Lord. I make him my Lord right now. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Help me forgive my family. Help me to be a good example in my family. Help me to walk in your love as I live out my years in your family, God. Thank you. I believe in Jesus. And now he's welcome into my heart by faith. I believe and I confess in Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me this morning. Real simple. I want everybody to stand to their feet. If you say today, I know my family is God's masterpiece, but we need God's help in my family, would you show up to the front today? Just real simple. Just real simple. I don't have anything real deep. I just feel like God laid that on my heart. Have them come up here and just cry out to God for their families. We all got folks in our family that need prayer. You say, man, I'm up here because I need prayer in my family. Well, come on up then. Come on up and you're welcome. You're welcome to be up here. There you go. 
There you go. Wow, praise God. Some honest folks in the house. Praise God. Excellent. Excellent. And man, who, who knows how many folks y'all represent in here? Just a mom and a son, and y'all represent all kinds of other family members, extended cousins, grandparents, brothers and sisters, all kinds of stuff. But God has a, a purpose for you, and you are his light in Christ. You are his light. I don't know where this is going to go today, but I just know this. I'm going to speak a blessing over you in Jesus' name. As you raise your hands, close your eyes, and let God's presence fall on you. In Jesus' name. Pastor Jen may come by and pray for some of y'all. In Jesus' name right now, we believe. And Pastor John and Vali are going to come by and just touch you in Jesus' name. We believe today. We believe today. We believe today, God. In Jesus' name, I speak life over these families, over these homes, Lord. You know what they need. You know where they're going. You know where they've come from, God. You know the hurts that they've suffered through. But God, you know your mercy and your light and your power that is going to shine through them, God Most High. We believe you today, God. And we thank you today, God. They represent so much more than themselves. These are representations, God, of eternity. All of these people, all of these families, all of these children, all these adults, men and women, they are representations, God, of your glory. We bless your name today, God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord God. Yes, 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 Father. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, God. Continue to receive, continue to receive. <clears throat> and I don't believe for a moment this is just some religious thing, just something we're doing just to do it and take up time on a Sunday morning. Y'all know how I am about time. I honor time, I respect time, and God is flowing through you to the people on your right and left. And he's flowing all over this house for your families that you represent. He's doing something marvelous in your homes. I prophesy that today. God is going to turn your lives around at home in Jesus' name. God is revealing things. God is healing things. God is healing scars. God is bandaging the wounds and healing the brokenhearted. We thank you, God. Yes, Father. Yes, Lord God. Thank you, my God. We just bless your name today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing something amazing, God. You are doing something amazing, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Just a moment longer in His presence. Just a moment longer in His presence. And I want you, while you're at this altar, you forgive your mom, you forgive your dad, your spouse, your kids, your parents, whoever it is in your family you need to forgive, make sure you do it before you leave this altar this morning. That is what I charge you with today. Make sure you forgive your family today, whoever's hurt you, whoever you need to forgive, in Jesus' name, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to look up here at me, if you would, please. You are courageous. You are winners. 
You are warriors of light. You're warriors. You say, man, I know because we've been fighting a lot. No, no. I mean because you are a child of God and he created you to be a mighty warrior. Why would he give you armor if you weren't a warrior? Right? The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace, the girdle, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. Why would he give you all that if you weren't warriors? So you go in the strength that God has given you today and your families and you be a light, you forgive, you love, you lead, you guide, you speak the word and you don't give up. I charge you that as your pastor and your friend and your brother in the faith. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Praise God.